Welcome to Behind the Tools. Here's Tradeify CEO and your host, Michael Steckler. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Tools uh, from Tradeify with me, Michael from Tradeify. Um, great this week to have Chris Collins from Grizzlec, uh, who's based in Melbourne, Australia. For those that don't know Melbourne, it's a very pleasant city, cultural capital of Australia. Um, great weather, fantastic coffee. Uh, and I do believe, and you're still able to get a fantastic coffee right now, unfortunately have, have, have been in and out of lockdowns throughout the year um, in that part of the world. But uh, Chris, welcome to the show, great to have you on board. Chris, maybe just to start, do you want to maybe give everyone a brief background about your, your business and, and what you do, where you mainly focus? Um, look, I do a lot of domestic, um, a lot of renovations. Uh, sorry, I am an electrician. <laughs> Focused mainly in the domestic sort of sector. Yeah. Um, do a little bit of data with another guy who's uh, sort of in the voice networks sort of um, right. area, helping him with, um, he's really good on the tech side and I'm a lot better on the cabling side. So it works well together. So Cool. Fantastic. Um, and you've been in business for a while. How did you get you into being be an electrician originally? Uh, originally, um, I, I was working uh, for a bigger tool company and asked for a pay rise. And the boss told me there was no money at the moment. And I'd sort of worked my way up and been given that story a few times. So I went home that night and signed myself up for a free apprenticeship and went in the next day and resigned. So that, that was it. Uh, one of my good friends um, gave me a bit of... Um, Bit of a head start, just went out with him and um, started working with him. Yeah, fantastic. So that's that's where it all started. Yeah. And then worked my way a... into an apprenticeship from there. Yeah. And is that what you always wanted to do? How did you fall into the, the trade? Well, it was more speaking to the friend who gave me a start. I yeah. sort of thought about going yeah. into being a mechanic or something like that because I've always right. had an interest in cars. And his advice was, don't make your hobby your job. And he said, come out and work with me. And, and you've had quite a um, rest is history, yeah. And you've had quite a varied um, background, right? You've done a lot of work, different type of electrical work. Do you want to maybe talk to, to some of that? I mean, I think I've written down in my notes that you even worked on traffic lights at one point in time. Yeah, so I started my, uh, my apprenticeship that I got was um, with a company that did a lot of refrigeration yeah. um, wiring. So we wouldn't actually do the pipe work, but we would go in, we did... A hell of a lot of supermarkets, sort of our bread and butter. So we'd build build the switchboards um, from the ground up. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, wire the supermarkets. Um, did that for probably nearly 10 years. Needed a change. And um, one of my good friends who I got a job working in refrigeration um, was working in traffic signals at the time. So I jumped ship and... Went and worked on traffic signals. So that was uh, interesting, something different. Yeah, quite different to refrigeration. Yeah, look, I mean, the the background I got in refrigeration, um, being a lot of control wiring. Yeah. um, Gave me a really good background to start in uh, traffic signals, being that, you know, lots of wires um, and not just power to it. Fantastic. And you, you talked at the start that most of your work is now residential. What, how do, what do you find the biggest differences between doing residential and, I guess, originally when you were doing supermarkets, you do more commercial work? How do you feel about the difference between the two? Do you have a preference? 
Yeah, look, I, I really did enjoy the commercial side. Um, I'd say you get a lot dirtier doing um, <laughs> doing residential. Right. Uh, crawling under houses, crawling through roofs. But I guess the difference is I'm doing all that for myself rather than working for a boss. So right. that's that's the total. You know, and what was and when did that when did that happen? What made you decide to go kind of self-employed uh, and move away, move away from working, well, setting up your own thing? Look, the company I was working for, um, we had a few differences of opinion on uh, how things were. Um, so I decided to move on. Right. And at the time, it was um, there was enough work around that basically the, the talk between me and my wife was if we start off and if I can keep the work coming in and the business productive and not costing us money, then, um, and we had a figure that, you know, if, if it got to the point where we, we, we delved into our savings by so much that we needed to change something then, look at whether I continue, whether I get a job and haven't really looked back from there. That's really cool. So you, that's interesting that you put that. I mean, we often talk to guests about, um, they either have a number in their head in terms of what they want their turnover to be over a period of time. But it's interesting that you, yours was, you know, you want to go into on your own, but just make sure you didn't have to dip into savings as long as you had enough income that meant that you could self-sustain the business. Um, that that yeah, was well, enough to keep going. The way we thought it through, the the whole point of me starting a business was so that I could be at home and be a dad, be a little bit more flexible in my hours and um, create the business around a work-life balance. Yeah. And that's why... It wouldn't normally be a, um, call it a productive business goal to survive. Right. But the whole point of the business was to create that family life. So I've got two young girls, one's uh, 10 months and one will be three on Friday. So we started the business right when we started having kids. At that point, it was a productive business goals, so to speak. Right. Because yeah. it, it has enabled yeah. me to make those decisions that has meant I can spend a bit more time at home and um, enjoy it. It's really it's really great that's worked out for you. So that so um because often I'll speak to people and they'll say the ambition was was some form of work life balance. Actually there was a, I spoke to someone a, a while back who talks about doing a, a four day week. So you, you've managed to realise that you managed to be able to make enough that you can still spend a bit more time at home and and, and spend time with the kids. Yeah, look, it's it's always going to be a battle, and now's when we're going to look at moving the business forward, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. But it's been yeah. it's been a very steep learning curve over the last sort of four years, and now that's um, why I've got on to Tradeify is to take down the paperwork, focus more on what work I've got, keep it a little bit more streamlined, and yeah, and Build, build the business up. And so your intention is to grow the business, make it bigger, maybe hire people in the future. Is that part of the, part of the sort of medium to longer term plan? Yeah, longer term, I don't think I want to build a massive company. Yeah. Um, I like the, the idea of keeping it personal, keeping it small, manageable. I've supervised previously and I've seen a lot of companies where uh, once they have a lot of bikes, it becomes very, <laughs> I guess, money-driven, which yeah. 
you know, I'd prefer to keep it a little bit more personal, keep it, look after the guys if I employ. And and do you, um, you know, it's sort of a, a question around, you know, when you started, how did you, you came out of commercial work, how did you sort of get your first customer? Um, or did you already have that viral introduction? How did that all start? Being a Sparky, I'd, I'd been doing a little bit around the place for a little while. Um, where I live is basically the community I grew up in. Yep. So I know a lot of a lot of people. Um, word of mouth's a big thing for me. Um, and built it up from there. And then obviously through networking and relationships, built up a, a good customer base. And it's uh, moved on from there, which has been really good. And when you say networking, what does that look like for you? I guess it's all about, for me, it's more about relationships. It's probably something that I've got to look into developing more professionally. But it is it is about relationships and who you speak to, how you speak to them, looking at the opportunities and what, reading into what people are actually looking for and yeah, yeah. finding the opportunities yeah. there. I was just going to say, I, was, I presume a lot of your kind of historical work people have also been pretty good at passing on the, as you mentioned, word of mouth, sort of recommending you for, for work in other places. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Basically, at the moment, it's nearly all word of mouth is yeah. where my business comes from. So, And when you when you sort of set the business up, what's been the biggest, I mean, clearly there's been a lockdown and everything's been going on in the last sort of, um, however long it is, year or so. Um Apart from that, what's what's been the biggest challenge? Do you think from you know what versus what you expected once you set yourself up on your own? The, the challenge for me has been paperwork. Is finding the time, pricing, yeah. um, finding that balance. The the paperwork side of it's really something that I've I wouldn't I wouldn't say battled with, but it's probably a it's a you're not, a, you're not, not alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to trying to stay on top of it, but also spend enough time with the family. And yeah. and meet those goals of why why I did this. Yeah, up until recently, it's um I've had a few different methods for a few different things, sort of information everywhere. And like I say, now I'm sort of trying to focus a bit more and um, bring everything into one spot, and it seems to be working for me. So. What prompted that? Was that just the, the level of time, the amount of time you were spending just on paperwork? You decided one day just to sort of sit down and figure out the best way to solve that? Yeah, yeah. So being in lockdown, it was sort of, we weren't looked at as uh, being that a lot of my work's domestic. A lot of that's, um, I'm either not allowed to do the work I've got yeah, because of the lockdown or a lot of the work has slowed down. Um, so my thought was, if I can't be out working, might as well streamline, take this time, streamline what I am doing and hopefully come out the other side of lockdown firing. So, yeah, that was the one thing I did hear a lot of, uh, a lot of traders seems to that, take that approach to use that time to sort of rethink how they ran their business. And it sounds like you do the same thing, which is, which is, which is good to see. And, um, you talked about pricing. I'm interested in how you approach that. So I guess once you set up. And you, you talk about your charge out rate or in general, how you sort of thought about charging customers. How did you solve for that and any sort of experiences that, that you learned from, from changing things? I sat down, um, figured out what my average cost was going to be. 
yeah. or what, what I guessed my cost to be, basically figured out what I needed to make to live and figured out my charge out rate there. And then a lot of the jobs I do is um, cost plus materials. So yeah. that makes it reasonably simple to invoice. I had a bad experience when I say cost plus materials. I learned sort of early on that cheaper materials weren't as good. <laughs> Um, with some cheaper stuff costing me costing me money with going back and having to replace them. And ever since then, I've, I've stuck with brands that I know and trust that'll back me. And that's, that's also helped with the costing, so to speak, because I learned that there has to be that cost built into what I charge something out at. Because unfortunately, in this day and age, there is failures in... Yeah, here. yeah. It's not necessarily like you, it's it's just something that we we deal with these days, unfortunately. Yes. But um, yeah, build it build it a little bit into the gear and um, use quality gear. And after about the first six nine months, I learnt that cheaper gear isn't necessarily going to make me uh, more profitable. Right. It's um. It was quite the opposite. Yeah, so, you go back in terms yeah. of charge. Yeah. yeah. It looked like I was going backwards in my charge out, but it was actually it was actually making me more profitable by using more expensive gear. Yeah, yeah. I when I first started, I sort of one of the big things I thought people would want is a cheap price. But after being in business for a little while, I I learnt that price sort of comes call it second to a lot of people. They want something installed once, it done well. And they're happy to pay for that as opposed to having something that's substandard right. installed in the first time, in the first place. Yeah, it's 100% true. And actually the ones that are generally looking for a very cheap option aren't always your best best customers anyway in terms of fit is what I hear from most, most people. I've learned, I've learned that as well. There's, um, I, I do pick up a little bit of work through Facebook and I've learned that... Um, sort of losing time on certain quotes and things like that. Um, generally the ones that mention cost right. when they're looking for a tradesman are usually going to shop around. I did have one customer that uh, when I went out to quote, um, told me she'd contacted nine electricians to quote on the job. And uh, yeah, it was uh, not, not worth my time. Not worth the time of quoting even, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good advice, especially for people who are looking to start out, but trying to figure out who the the right customer is and understanding those some of those warning signs. Some people take the work because it's, um, you know, you want to get your business started and get word of mouth out there and that can that can be useful. But um, yeah, there are some there are some common red flags, I think, to spotting the people that, that really aren't so worried about quality and want the cheapest job they can possibly find. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And look, uh, there's... Not knowing everyone's circumstances, there's like, um, especially through the last 18 months with lockdown, there has been people that I've worked for that I have helped out in terms of price. So I, I understand yeah. why they were looking for a cheap price, not necessarily yeah. looking, shopping around, so to speak, looking for a cheap price because, you know, there's a lot of people out of work and yep. I'm lucky yep, enough to be able to work. Yeah. 
So. That's a really good. It's a really good point. Yeah, and it's pretty exceptional circumstances in the last year. And do, do you feel good now? How do you feel about pricing now? Do you, you feel very comfortable in terms of how competitive you are and that you're pricing at the right level? Uh, look, it's something that I I battle with constantly about where I am with pricing. Um, a being competitive, I think a lot of the time, a lot of people would tell me I'm too low compared to where I probably right. should be. Another thing that I've been looking at recently is potentially um, whether a, whether you call it a business coach, a mentor. Yeah. Um, it's probably something I've, since starting my, my own business, um, a lot of the people that I worked with have either moved out of the industry or not particularly in the, the same market, so to speak. Yeah. So... I mean, having that network to bounce things off is something that I've sort of lost, which is why I've been thinking about either, you know, some, some sort of coaching or mentor yeah. to, to help me move forward at a, a, a profitable level. It's going to be very different me making a profit for myself and building up, um, having blokes on the books. There's no option then. It's, it's got to be profitable. Yeah. It's a very common, it seems to be a common path for people setting up to to lean on either a business network or a business coach. And it seems to be, um, for most people I've spoken to, it seems to highly recommend it. I think you can get a good person. They really help think through things like what's your charge out rate? How do you how do you do that type of stuff? So um, yeah, it seems like a good time to, to be thinking about that. And then, you know, working in Melbourne and around Melbourne, um, you know, there's all sorts of wildlife in Australia. I know you have some funny stories around that. Do you really want to share one of your sort of the stuff you come across with yeah, animals so in, a, your, uh, in your neck of the woods? Yeah, I had a, a fault uh, reasonably close to home. A circuit that was tripping an RCD, so a safety switch. It was a bit of an elusive fault. So I was there, tested the circuit and it was um, down to earth. And then I'd go to a different room, the fault was gone. And I was starting to break down the circuit and trying to isolate the fault. The fault would just disappear and then it had come back. Ended up after about three hours of chasing this fault and I could have my meter on the cable yeah. and it would show the fault. Five seconds later, the fault would disappear and then it had come back. It was, it was that quickly coming and disappearing and I've never seen anything like it. Uh, it turned out that a possum had crawled down inside the wall chewed the cables and as he was moving he was shorting the cables as you get rid of him on and off basically. uh so <laughs> we called a a pest guy and he put a trap in the roof with some bait that i think they said he used apples it was some sort of fruit um which apparently possums love yeah possum actually crawled itself up out of the wall. It was a brick brick cavity wall. It got itself out of the wall, back up into the roof, and they released him. I went back and repaired all the cable and reinstated the circuit. So a bit of a bit of a random one. I'll probably never see that one again in my career. I was about to say you've only seen that once, presumably that's the only time. See a lot of chewed wires. It's um yeah. it was a it was an interesting thing pulling the PowerPoint off and the claw of the possum actually sitting on the back of the PowerPoint, coming out with the PowerPoint as I pulled it out. Oh, um, wow. 
I, I can actually, I can send you through the picture later if you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Wow. That's not very often. Um, and then you're four years in. Um, sounds like it's going well uh, in amongst you know everything else that's happening in the world, which is which is which is great. What, any advice to someone who's maybe listening and thinking about doing the same thing, thinking about going out on their own? Anything you would have done differently, or any advice you give to anyone? Um, organization. So I, I was using zero yeah. up until now, um, which was really good to keep the business in order. And it's only since I've started looking at job management that like I should have done that a couple of years ago. And it probably would have really simplified things and sped things up, you know, stopped the, uh, I, was, I was holding a lot of info in my head and to be able to just put it all in one place so that you can sit down, look at one thing. Um, it, it made things a lot simpler for me, but the organisation is definitely one thing that I think um, yeah. would be a big thing for anyone starting out and doing it from the get-go really would make it a lot simpler and um, help. Which is probably the easiest time to do it when you've got no records and customers yet. And so, yeah, it does, that, that makes a ton of sense. Um, we always finish the, the podcast on a sort of handful of questions, uh, which I want to ask you. I think I might know the answer to the first one, but I'm intrigued by your answer. So if you were to be doing another trade, what would it be? You weren't an electrician. I'd probably like to, I, I like restoring stuff. I don't know that it's particularly a trade, but it's something that I wouldn't mind doing. Old cars or any yeah. anything like that, like something around. It's definitely still be something hands-on. Um, yeah. Definitely not a plumber. And then when when you're when you're on site, uh, lunch. What, what do you? What's your? We should go to lunch. Biscuits, biscuits with a bit of ham, cheese, tomato on the top, just because it's simple to prepare in the morning. Yeah. You just throw the biscuits in your lunchbox. Knife with the tomato. Bit of cheese already chopped up, easy, and love a uh, chicken and chips on a Friday. Oh, nice! And um, I just have to now. I have to qualify the biscuits because there's going to be a few people here. We've got a few, quite a few people from the UK who listen, and uh, and the US. When you say a biscuit, do you mean like a a biscuit as in like a cookie biscuit, or do you mean a biscuit as in like a scone biscuit? No, like a dry biscuit, like a dry a, biscuit, um, like a crusket. Um, oh, like a, oh, I know what you mean, like a like a rye beater. I don't know if that's a bread. Um, I know what you yes, mean. Like yes, like a rye beater. Yes. There you go. Yeah, got it. Sorry, I, I didn't realise that was a. Uh... Yeah, we just call it a dry biscuit. Ah, oh, biscuit to me is like a digestive, or a, you know, like a you know a, a thing you stick in your cup of coffee. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, we still call them biscuits. You call them biscuits. <laughs> Great. Well, I learned something. Um, next one is you'll sort of go to all your favourite either tool or tool brand or both? Oh, I use Milwaukee. Um, yeah. Lucky enough that one of my friends is a uh, product manager there and helped me out with a lot of uh, dedicated tools, so to speak. So, like, oh, it's great. For Australia. So, yeah. But can't fault it. He's in a good spot. They seem, they do seem, I, say, I feel like I'm saying this every week, Milwaukee definitely seems to be leading the pack at the moment in terms of uh, favoured tool amongst uh, traders that we're speaking to. Yeah, I've got a van full of it. So definitely one of my favourites. And then, you know, hopefully as things do do eventually start to open up, what would be your first go-to, either sporting or music event you, you would want to go to? Well, Bathurst is coming up. So that would have been, um, which is a, um, sorry, you're not in Australia, um, motor race. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I know it. I know it. Yeah, so that'd definitely be a, a big one. Um, I doubt it's going to happen this year. Um, yeah. Hopefully next yeah. year we can get up there. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dad's got a um, a couple of old cars as well. So hopefully uh, be travelling up there with the old cars next year. It's anniversary of one of his yeah. winning at Bathurst. So. Oh, wow. Well, oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So the idea really is cool. to get there. So hopefully it's all open by then. Yeah, we got to hope so. Got to hope so. Got to be optimistic yeah. about that. You got to think so in a year's time. And then, you know, last question. You, you know, you you work with other trades, other people you've worked with in the past. Anyone you think would be interesting for us to speak to next on the show? Maybe a wholesaler. Yeah. Maybe one of the like an electrical wholesaler. See, you know, they're sort of. I'm sure we've got things that we do that you're at them, and yeah, um, it'd, it'd be interesting to hear that side of the story. Yeah, cool. That's a good idea. Um, this has been really, really helpful. How can people get hold of you? So if there's someone who's listening and does want to get hold of you or um, it happens to be an end customer, what's the best way to find you? Um, our Facebook page at the moment um, is probably the primary advertising sort of thing we yeah. do. Um, like I say, that's something we've been looking at as well. So potentially setting up um, on Google as well. So yeah. Yeah, but through the Facebook page is um, generally yeah. the best way to get us. Fantastic. Well, Chris, really appreciate I appreciate you spending the time. I know you're busy, so really appreciate you uh, spending the time to talk to us. This is great and good luck with everything. I hope you continue to build the business and look forward to hearing about the, the coach or the network that you leverage and see if that helps pay dividends. And uh, yeah, really cool. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. And hopefully you get out of uh, lockdown soon and get out and get the coffee. Yes, let's hope so. Fingers crossed. Great. Well, thanks everyone for listening, uh, listening or watching. Thanks again, Chris. And as always, if you have feedback, comments, suggestions, if you could rate and review on your chosen platform, it would be greatly appreciated. Until next time, we'll see you then. Cheers. Cheers.